0: Christian Church, Mark Moore here. I'm the author of Core 52. And Sean told me what you guys are doing starting in September. So excited for you. This is going to be a great season. And just so you know, our goal is not that you get into God's Word, it's not even that God's Word gets into you, it's that God's Word comes out of you. Where you live, work, and play, Sean and I believe you are the pastors. And God is gonna make a transformative difference in the people's lives that you care about. You're gonna find, especially as you memorize these 52 verses, that the Holy Spirit just uses them as ammunition in pivot points of people's lives. Where they're in pain, you can bring healing. Where there's confusion, you can bring clarity. Where there's hopelessness, you can bring hope. You are the pastors where you live, work, and play. God bless you for what you're doing. I can't wait to hear the exciting news of lives change, not just your lives, but the lives of people you touch.
1: mark putting that video together for us as we kick off uh, this this new series uh, through core 52 that's going to take us between now and uh, the end of next uh, the end of next summer uh, I, I don't know if you guys do this same thing but I've noticed uh, over the last I don't know year and a half since a lot of reporters have been like filming and recording from their home their their library or their office uh, a lot of times my mind and my eyes will drift from like them and what they're saying to like the libraries behind them. Anybody else do that? The pictures that they have back there. And uh, I'm a little intimidated standing here right now because if you notice, there were a lot of books that Mark had on his bookshelf that had his name on it. Uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that he has written more books than I have read. And uh, so while he is a genius and a scholar, uh, you guys are stuck with me. So I hope, that, uh, hope this goes well. Uh, it seems like everywhere you go, businesses are, are hiring right now. And that goes for McCormick's, not the state park just down the road from us, but the spice and, and seasoning company. They make seasonings for all kinds of food and, and soups and chilies. Uh, one of my favorites is Montreal steak seasoning. I love that stuff. I put it on everything. Uh, and over the summer, McCormick's posted a help wanted ad for a new position that they were creating called, get this, director of taco relations. (laughs) They wanted to hire someone who would travel around the country to sample tacos and then work with them to create new taco seasoning varieties. And here is the amazing part. Not only does this person get to travel around the country eating tacos as part of their job, which I would do for free if they just paid my expenses. That sounds glorious. Not only do they get to do that, but this gig... You ready for this? This is a true story. This gig pays $100,000 for four months of work between now and the end of the year. This is a true story. McCormick's want to pay someone $25,000 per month just to eat tacos. So I just want to let you know, it has been an honor being your pastor for the last 13 months. (laughs) But I found a higher calling. (laughs) Some lucky person this month is starting what I can only imagine is their, their dream job. And we are uh, beginning a new little adventure of our own here at Sherwood Oaks. Today we are launching in to Core 52. And over the next year, we are going to take a deeper dive into uh, the 52 kind of core passages that not just every like Christian should know, but I believe every person needs to know. And and like Mark said in the video, our our goal in this is not just that you get into God's word, although that's certainly something that we hope that you will do. Uh, Our goal is not just that God's word will get into you, although that's really important too. Our, Our goal is that your life and your heart will become so saturated with the word of God that it comes flowing out of you into the lives of others. That God takes what he is doing in your heart through his word and does something in their life too. And there are multiple ways that you can engage with CORE 52 over the next year. Uh, we're gonna be preaching on it. Uh, and then we encourage you, you, know, as we look at the CORE verse on Sunday mornings, <clears throat> pick up one of the CORE 52 books or 10 bucks. We got them out in the lobby. Read the essay. Um, kind of memorize the passage, uh, go through the correlating scriptures, you know, where where that theme is found in other places. And then there's some points of application of how you can actually put it into into practice. And so we'll preach on the text and we encourage you to go through the, the material. Uh, many of you, I've already heard from people who said, you know, we've, we've started reading ahead. You can go at your own pace, all right? We're not gonna be legalistic about this. If you fall behind, like that's okay. You can catch up, you can start where we are. Uh, I know people who have already read the book. I'm just like, man, you were an overachiever in school, weren't you? Uh, I I know I heard one person say uh, that I'm going to start reading ahead because I know at some point I'm going to fall behind. (laughs) Like I feel that. That's more my pace uh, right right there. Uh, We invite you to join a a life group that's going to be discussing the core verse and talking about ways to put it into practice and live it out. If you have uh, kids in, in our Sherwood Kids Ministry, maybe grandkids, uh, Stephen and his team, they're, they're putting together this resource for parents to help you engage your children with Core 52. You can, um, you can, they're gonna send out a text message every Monday at 3 p.m. Uh, that's gonna have like a little video. They're calling it Family 5. And, and they're gonna help you teach that verse and live it out and put it into practice with, with your family. I also encourage you to go to our website for the most up-to-date information. If you go to socc.org slash core 52, you'll, you'll come up across this landing page. You can sign up for a group. Uh, we'll have some more resources up there, some videos that we make, we'll put it up there. If you want to relive Caden uh, reciting 500 words of Pi or digits of Pi, uh, that's that video. You can go back and check that out. Uh, but there on the, on the bottom left, there's a, a place that says core 52 resources. If you click on that button, It's gonna take you to the Core 52 page. And and in there, Mark and his team, they have put tons of videos to kind of supplement what you read in the book for those that wanna take maybe a little bit of a deeper dive. So you click register, you can create an account, username, password, email, all of that, hit register. And then it'll take you to where every week of Core 52 uh, kind of breaks it down and has it categorized. And so let's look at week one creation. And there, Mark goes a little bit deeper uh, to the essay with a, with a video. Uh, and then when you go to day two, he actually teaches you some techniques for how to memorize the passage of Scripture. Uh, there's the, the passage there as well as the other uh, correlating texts. And then when you go all the way to the bottom, uh, there's even questions for group discussion for your life group or for your family. And so uh, we encourage you. That's a free resource. Get on there and, uh, and get signed up. I can't wait to see what this next year is going to hold as we journey through this together as a church. But one of the things that I'm personally really excited about is that we're not journeying through this alone. Even, I mean, Not only do we have our entire church and all of our campuses, but there are multiple churches in and around our community that are joining us for this as well. Uh, today, Clear Creek and, and Northside Christian Church uh, are starting Core 52 as well. Our, our friends at Nashville Christian Church are gonna be jumping on at the beginning of next year. And so we're kind of going through this process together because we believe so much in the foundation of God's word, and the, what it wants to do in our life and what, how it wants to come out of us and through us into the lives of others. So that's what we're starting today. And what better place to begin uh, than in the beginning? And so if you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, Turn with me to the very first words of the Bible, Genesis chapter one, verse one. A.W. Tozer was a pastor and theologian in the 20th century. And he wrote uh, one of my favorite devotional books of all time called The Pursuit of God. He also wrote another book called Knowledge of the Holy. And in that book, he he writes this, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Let me read that again. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And while you think about whether or not that is true, let me throw something else out for your consideration. Not only is what you think about God the most important thing about you, but the truth is, is that you will become like the God that you worship, And so your understanding of God actually shapes a lot in your life. It shapes your worldview. It shapes how you see yourself, how you see and experience the world around you. And because this is so important, God wants to make sure that we have a crystal clear picture of who he is and what he's like. And he tells us a lot about himself in the opening words of scripture. Look at it with me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's our core verse for this week. And absolutely everything builds upon those 10 words. Everything, not not just what we're gonna be doing over the next year, not just the rest of scripture, but everything in our world and everything in our lives builds upon those 10 words. If you believe, in an eternal God who loves us and created all things for our pleasure and for his glory. If you believe that, then everything else in the Bible falls into place. Everything else in the Bible makes sense. All of the miracles, all of the impossibilities, all of the ways that God interrupts the laws of nature and physics, all of this is possible for an eternal God who created the laws of nature and physics. All of it is possible for the one who created all that we see and all that we enjoy in the universe around us. And what I believe is that not only are these things possible in scripture, but these things continue to be possible in your life still today. And now, what do we learn about God from Genesis chapter one? Well, the first thing that we find is that he is timeless. At the beginning of all things, God was already there. He existed before anything else and is not bound by the same laws of the universe that that we are. Things like time and matter and space. God created all of those things. And so he's not subject to those things. He exists outside of them. And and I used to get this, this cramp in my brain whenever I'd try to think about like, well, if God created everything, then where did God come from? Anyone else have that, that question that you've kind of wrestled with? Yeah, thank you. Uh, we had a we had a young family here at the eight o'clock service sitting right there in the in the second row. And as soon as I said that, they had two kids with them that were probably in second and third grade, and they started shaking their heads like this, like, yes, I have wondered that. And then I looked at their parents and they were looking at me like, you better answer this question. <laughs> But I've thought that and, it's, and, it, and it just makes my brain hurt when I start to think about it, which by the way, whether you're a theist or, or not, whether you believe in a God or, or not, we all have that same starting place. Like where, where did the most elemental thing that makes up our universe come from? We have to, we have to come up with some kind of answer or conclusion or, or place like a base that we start from there. And so for, for someone who is maybe not a theist, they have to answer, well, where did the most elemental pieces of the universe come from that created all that we see? And so I think it's honest to say that for those of us who maybe are believers, we kind of have that same question. Like if God created everything, where did, did God come from? How did he become? And I was talking to a friend of mine about this one time. And he reminded me that God is outside of all of those boxes that we try and that we have to live in. He is outside of those laws of creation. If anything created God, then that thing becomes God. God is timeless, He is the uncaused cause for all things, but He's also the uncreated creator. He spoke all things into existence. He brought order to chaos and made life where there was none. He took the universe in its not yet ready state and turned it into something good and beautiful for us to enjoy. As you read through the rest of Genesis chapter 1, you get a description of how God created and separated and filled the world with good things. But it's important to remember as you read Genesis 1, that it's not a scientific report on how God created. In fact, it's not even an historical narrative. It's not even written as a story of how he created. Scholars agree that Genesis chapter one is poetry. It's written as a poem. It's filled with repetition and themes and its purpose is not how God created, but that God created. Created. It's not about how, it's about who. It's about the God who creates and brings life and order to chaos. It's about a God who is good and beautiful and makes good and beautiful things, and he can be trusted. And so we know that he is timeless and we learn that he is the creator. We also learn that this God is spirit. In verse two, we read that the spirit of God hovered over the waters Before he began creating and separating, God hovered over his creation. And that word hover, it's the same Hebrew word that's used later in Deuteronomy 32, 11, when when God is compared to an eagle hovering over its young, protecting and preparing the nest. This God who creates covers and is protective of his creation. He watches over it and he cares for it. And then in verse 3, we see that this God is the living word. He speaks and things happen. Light and land are created. Plants and animals burst with life. The sea and the air teem with every living thing at his word. And what I find incredibly interesting is that before we even get to the end of verse three of chapter one in the Bible, we are already introduced to the Trinity. We're already introduced to the Godhead three in one. We find the God who creates, the spirit who cares for and protects and the son who speaks words of life. It's, it's why the apostle John writes in his gospel in John one, one through three, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. The word that John is talking about here is Jesus. Jesus was with God before the beginning and through him, all things are made. And so from the beginning, this is what God wants us to know about him. He is timeless and eternal, not bound by the same limits that we are. He is the Creator who brings life to the emptiness and order to the chaos. He is the Spirit who protects and watches over and cares for His creation. And He is the living Word that speaks life and makes all things new. This is the God that is revealed to us in the first words of the Bible. But what is this God like? One of the things that you'll read this week if you follow along in in the book is, is this. Mark says, all artists leave fingerprints on their work. All artists leave fingerprints on their work. So a Tarantino film, a Ken Burns documentary, a painting by Monet, all of them have certain qualities that reveal who the creator is and sometimes even what he's like. And the same is true for the universe that we live in. God's fingerprints are all around the creation that he made. And it reveals not just his nature, but also his character. The, the apostle Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter one, verse 20. He says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. His point is that we can look to creation and see what God is like. We can see his creative expression in the diversity. We can see beauty and joy. We see an intention and, and to, to detail and a fine tuning in our universe that is absolutely unparalleled. We see love and we see care. There was a there was a gentleman who was part of our church out in Rhode Island. He was a department chair for biology at Brown University, an Ivy League school. And he said, Sean, I have I have studied the same little building block of life for 27 years. And the more I learn about it, the more I believe there is an intelligent designer in this world. Like there is a God. All of this are his fingerprints that point us to not only who he is, but what he is like. And I'll tell you, if I'm honest, there are so many times when I look right past it and I miss it. I miss what he wants to show me because I'm distracted or I have my head down and I'm just in too much of a hurry. few weeks ago we were at my in-laws place and uh, they have a, a beautiful porch that uh, screened in porch that faces the, the woods behind their house and around the outside of the, the porch they have four hummingbird feeders uh, strung up and you know every now and then over the years they'd get a couple of hummingbirds that would that would come and and take from the the nectar and we were there uh, a few weeks ago and it was our family and then my wife's sister and her family. And they have uh, two little boys that are right around the same ages as my girls. Uh, and so I think they rage right now from like seven to, to nine. And whenever you get the four of those kids together, um, the decibel level in the house just goes up exponentially, like not a little, like a lot. And, and it's so much fun watching them play. But my wife teases me like, Sean, you are getting old. Because if I'm honest, I reach a place where I'm like, you know what? I just kind of need some quiet right now. I need to separate from all of this and, and just have some alone time. That's just going to be better for everyone if I, if I do that. And so I, I kind of reached that moment. And I went out to the porch. And I don't know what I was doing. Honestly, I was probably on my phone, um, scrolling through mail or news or playing solitaire, who knows? I wasn't doing anything important. I just had my head down and I started hearing a, a noise that was different than the, the noise uh, from the kiddos inside. And, and I looked up and to the best that I could count, I saw 20 hummingbirds that were swarming. I mean, that's like the best word, swarming around these feeders. And my mother and I was like, yeah, it, they do this all the time. Right around this time in the evening, they were darting back and forth from the woods to the feeders, fighting each other off, just trying to get that nectar. And I sat there for the next 10 and fifteen to 15 minutes, just enjoying this symphony of praise performed by an orchestra of hummingbirds flapping their wings. And all I could think was, wow, God, this is amazing. God, you are amazing. And I almost missed it because I wasn't paying attention. Robin Meyer says, in every waking hour, a sacred theater is in session, played out before an audience that is largely blind. And all too often, that's me maybe you feel that too we live in a world that is shouting and proclaiming the glory of god and what he's like but too often we miss it because we're distracted by so many things or we're we're in too big of a hurry and if we only slowed down and looked we would see the fingerprints of god in his creation and in the people around us and so if you want to know what god is like take a hike this afternoon Go out for a walk, spend time with people that you love and look for his fingerprints in the world around you. They are all over the place. We just have to pay attention. And when we do, we'll discover the God of Genesis 1 is still at work in the world around us today. He is still the creator who brings life to the emptiness and order to the chaos. He is still the spirit who protects and hovers and watches over and cares for. He is still the living word that speaks life and makes all things new. And what God continues to do in his creation, he wants to do in you too. He wants to bring life to the emptiness that you feel in your soul that maybe even drove you to be at church today. He wants to bring order to the chaos around you and in you. He is watching over you with love and care. And He wants to speak words of life into your life and make all things new. And so, is there a place in your life today? A place that feels empty, feels void? Is there a place of chaos in your job or your relationships? Are you wondering today if you're loved? If anyone notices you? If anyone cares for you? Is there brokenness or pain in your life that needs healing? The same God that, that created beauty out of nothing and called it good is still doing that today and he wants to do it in you too. And of all the things that God created, maybe the most incredible thing he made was a way for us to come back to him. You see, while God creates all things good and beautiful, we and I have a knack for messing it all up. But through Jesus, God made a way to put it all back together. He comes alongside of us. He he picks up our broken, scattered pieces of our life and he puts them back together again. Through his life, death and resurrection, Jesus makes all things new. He fills our emptiness. He gives peace to our chaos. He shows us the extent of God's love for us and he brings healing to our pain and forgiveness to our sin. And for some of you today, that is exactly what you need. That is exactly why you are here. And it does not matter where you have been, it does not matter what you have done, or even what has been done to you. God loves you, He cares for you. The universe around you proclaims this truth, and Jesus made a way for you to experience it in your life. So, as we close out this morning, I want to give just a few moments for you to silently just pray and reflect. And if there is a place of chaos, if there's a place of emptiness, a place of pain or despair, to just bring that before the Lord. Maybe, maybe even just sit there with your palms up or your palms down to say, Lord, I'm, I wanna receive your grace and your mercy, or Lord, I am laying this down once and for all to experience you, to experience the new life and the fresh start that you can give. Or if you're here today and you've never taken that first step of faith, you've not identified with Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection through baptism like we saw to kick off our service today, man, we wanna give you the opportunity to do that, to respond to Jesus. And so spend this time just saying, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I wanna be yours. So let's spend some time focusing on this God who creates, who loves it makes things new and beautiful. And then we'll close
0: off. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.